And um, here's how this is going to go down. Okay? I'm not going to be long at all. But there's something about respect that matters. Every single week, we respect y'all. We go and pick you up. We feed you a meal. We take you home. And we ask that you respect us back. And respect is a big deal. Respect is earned. And we have earned your respect. That's why when you talk, we come up and we say, hey, it's not time for you to talk. You need to listen. And then we give you the look. And then sometimes we have to move you to the back of the room. And we do that because there's a bigger picture at play here tonight than you guys just showing up. And we hang out. We eat some hot Cheetos with cheese on it. And we call it a good time. Because the reality is there is a God who loves you, whether you want to be loved or not. And there is an enemy who absolutely hates your guts, and he hates my guts, and he's going to do whatever he can to distract you and I from the truth of God's word. And respect is a big deal. We expect respect. But more importantly than that, I expect that tonight you're going to respect the word of God. Because whether you believe it to be true or not, it is true. It is absolute truth. And I will not allow you to disrespect the word of God tonight. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that you're incapable of doing. And all I'm asking tonight is for a few moments for you to listen and to respect the one true God. In his word. Because even though I'm the one up here, I know that tonight God wants to speak to my heart too. Because I'm no different than you. I, I'm a sinner in, in need of a savior. I, I have struggles and temptations. I have broken parts of my life that need fixed. And, and I'm not just here on a Monday night because there's nothing else to do in San Angelo. I mean, that's partially true because it's San Angelo. But I'm desperate for God to speak to my heart tonight. I want that. And I want that for you. So I know Kay already prayed, but I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump in. God, thank you for tonight. And thank you for what it is that you're doing already in this place. God, we love these students. A lot. Some we've known a a long time, and and some we're just now getting to know. But God, as much as we love them, as much as we pray for them, as many hours as we put into making every single Monday night happen, God, the vans and the buses that go out and pick them up, God, and and taking them home afterwards, the the countless hours that Shelly spends making dinner, God, as much as we love them, it pales in comparison to how much you love them. And God, I'm asking that it would be your spirit tonight that speaks. God, that they would not hear my voice, but that they would hear your voice. God, that you would engrave your word on our hearts tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So I was looking up earlier today fun facts about water, and here's what I learned. 68.7% of the fresh water on earth is trapped in glaciers. Did y'all know that? Like, that's amazing. That's almost two-thirds of the Earth's water supply is trapped in glaciers. Here's another one. 
About 6,800 gallons of water is required to grow a day's food for a family of four. Now, Shelly, I didn't have time to get out my calculator, but I'm assuming there's about 100 people here tonight. 100 divided by four is 25. So 25 times 6,800 is like a whole lot of water. (laughs) It takes a whole lot of water to feed people. It takes a whole lot of water to feed you guys on Mondays. Unsafe water. This one makes me sad. Unsafe water kills 200 children every hour. Isn't that terrible? Just unsafe water. Yeah, like we, we are so blessed here in America, man. In other parts of the world, there's dirty, contaminated water, and clean water is a big deal. This one is, this, this one is crazy. I love this one. You ready? A jellyfish. I felt like a jellyfish on Friday. I had to try on a dress and it was like this ugly color and I literally looked like a jellyfish. Anyway, a jellyfish. That's when y'all are supposed to say, oh, Tara, I'm sure you looked great. But anyway, (laughs) we'll just move on. Jellyfish Tara. Okay, here we go. A jellyfish and a cucumber are each 95% water. Cucumbers. How many of you eat cucumbers? How many of you are like, heck no, there's no way I'm going to eat a cucumber? Same. Cucumbers and jellyfish are 95% water. Here's another one. This one is similar to a jellyfish because we're talking about your brain. (laughs) Just kidding. Kind of. 70% of the human brain is made of? No. Macaroni and cheese. Come on. For real? No, I'm just playing. Water. 70% of the human brain is made of water. So 95% of jellyfish is made of water. 95% of cucumber is made of water. 70% of your brain is water. And here's another one. Americans use 5.7 billion gallons of water per day from, wait for it, toilet flushes. (laughs) Now... If you work at House of Faith, it's more than that because if you flush our toilets at the same time, it's not going to work. you got to wait, you know? you got to be on there wall like, hurry up and flush, Mike. <laughs> 5.7 billion gallons of water per day from toilet flushes. We've spent the last several weeks doing the Names of God mural. And we talked about Alpha and Omega, that A over there, which represents Alpha. That's the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And the kind of upside-down U-shaped one over there is Omega. And we talked about how God is the beginning and the end. And how our life matters. Our life matters. And just like you and I wouldn't make a sandwich with cat poop between two slices of bread. You and I can't live our, listen. You and I can't live our lives being selfish and sinful and expecting that to be a good thing. We talked about the lion and the lamb. And we talked about the strong tower. And we talked about... What else did we talk about? I've been, with, I've been hanging Foundation. with the babies in the back. Foundation, yes. And we talked about the crown of thorns. And tonight, I want to share with you guys for just a few minutes about the living water. Now, here's everyone say living water. living water. Now, if you look at that mural, you're actually going to have to spend a little bit of time. I forgot to get my laser pointer. But you're going to have to look. Mike, can you run over there and point out the living water, please? Thank you. Vanna. Vanna Mike. Everyone say Vanna Mike. Okay, so there's the living water. You can see some drops, some splashes. It's kind of okay. So everyone say living water. Everyone say Jesus. 
is the living water. Okay, tonight's passage is in John 4. You ready? I'm going to read it. Here we go. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. Everyone say, Jesus Jesus had had to pass. pass. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, tired as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. Translation, it's 12 o'clock noon, and Jesus, the homeboy, is tired. And not only is Jesus tired, he's thirsty. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? A woman of Samaria. The Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Everyone say, What? The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get? That living water. Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become to him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Everyone say time out. Back in Bible times, there was no water fountains. And if the people wanted water, they would have to go to the well to get the water. And we've got several situations happening here. Number one is, if it was your responsibility to go fetch water for the day, you need water to clean the clothes, water the animals, do the laundry. What time of day, if y'all stop talking, I'm going to move you. What time of day are you going to go fetch water? Nighttime. How many say nighttime? Raise your hand. How many say middle of the day when it's hottest out? Okay. Those of you who raise your hand, you might like sleeping in like I do. I don't know. How many of you would say, I'm going to go first thing in the morning when it's cooler, right? So the key is this. You go first thing in the morning because A, you need water for your activities that day. B, it's cooler in the morning. See, you just get it done and over with, right? So everyone say, time out. Here's the question. Why is that lady at the well in the middle of the day? Huh? She's avoiding everybody, okay? Now back in Bible times, it was a lady's job to go and get the water. And so you know how ladies do, like, look. I can, when I'm at work during the day, I can just go to the restroom, right? Or I can be like, hey, Eva, like, 
You gotta go to the restroom because I want to talk to you about the weekend. You know what I'm saying? That's just how ladies do it, right, girls? That's how we do things. We we just like to congregate and we like to talk and and so all the ladies would go to the well and they would talk and they'd be like, oh, little Johnny last night would never go to bed and oh, Raphael went to bed for me. It was marvelous and and, and they just talk and they hang out at the well and so we have this lady who was at the well in the middle of the day by herself. She was there because she was hiding. She was hiding from everyone else. Everyone said, hmm. Okay. Number two situation. Jesus was a Jew. The lady was from Samaria. And back in Bible times, the Jews and, and the Samaritans didn't interact with each other because there was some bad blood between the two people groups. And as a matter of fact, this was such a well-known situation that any time a Jew had to go up to, where was Jesus going? Judea? Galilee? Hold on. He was going to Galilee. So anytime the Jews would need to go to Galilee, they wouldn't go straight from point A to point B. They would actually go out of their way to avoid interacting with those people. But it says that Jesus had to go to that town. He had to go to that town. So what is someone like Jesus doing interacting with someone from a different race where there's bad blood? Everyone's like, uh-oh. Like it's about to be a showdown at the water fountain, okay? And so, here's what happens. We pick up again in verse 16. This is after Jesus tells the lady, look, I've got living water. If you drink from it, you'll never be thirsty again. The lady's like, okay, cook me up because I don't want to be thirsty again. It says this in verse 16. Jesus said to her, go. Call your husband and come here. Everyone say, oh, oh. That's where the heat gets cranked up. The woman said to him, I have no husband. Jesus answered her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you might be a prophet. And in verse 20, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is a place where people ought to worship. And now everyone say, time out. Homegirl at the well just gets called out by Jesus, and what does she do? Subject change. Right? How many of you, you get busted out for something, like you get caught telling a lie, or like you're in the middle of flipping someone off, and like a house of faith person walks by. And all of a sudden, they're like... I heard this tonight at the van. I won't call out who it was, but I'm out in the van. It's cold. And I, someone was trying to get into a van, and it was locked. And I heard this person go, bleep. And I went, <laughs> I said, hey, watch your language. <laughs> and the person kind of looked at me like, uh, <laughs> did you know that a cucumber is 95% water? <laughs> like, because when you're busted, when you're getting fronted out, when you're getting called out, you do the stuff change, right? Like it's obvious you in trouble. I'm trying to think of an example from my life and maybe this happened, but I can't, I can't think of one. But we do this all the time. And so the lady, Jesus says, go call your husband. She's like, oh, I don't have a husband. <laughs> right? Like she's already hiding. 
And so Jesus is like, yeah, you're right. You you have had five husbands, and the man you're with now is not your husband. Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. They say that we should worship on this mountain. <laughs> like, it's funny, man. Like, she's trying to get out. Like, she is squirming at the well. She's like, crap, man. I came to this well in the middle of the day to hide from people, and this dude is frightening me out. And so she just goes with it. She's like, sir, this mountain in worship. And they had this conversation about worship, okay? And we're going to skip that part tonight for the sake of time. But here's the point. Listen. There is no such thing as hiding with Jesus. He sees all. He knows all. The Bible says that before a word is on your tongue, before a cuss word is on your tongue, Jesus knows it. Back in the garden, in the garden with Adam and Eve, the garden of Eden, there was one rule. Don't mess with that tree. And Adam and Eve mess with the tree, right? And they're playing a blend game. She did it. He did it. <laughs> and they hide. And God says, Adam, Eve, where are you? Like, the first game ever of hide and seek, right? But it's kind of lame because they were in trouble. Here's the thing. God didn't ask Adam and Eve where they were because God knows everything. But God asked Adam and Eve where they were to give them a chance to say, we're here, God. We screwed up. So the lady gets fronted out about her husband's she totally changes the subject. Squirrel! <laughs> they have a conversation about worship, and then the story continues. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Durr. <laughs> Like, at this point, we can draw the conclusion that she has no idea that Jesus is standing in front of her. Right? There's no apology. There's no explanation. There's no, well, husband one was a deadbeat. Husband two, well, he died of polio. And husband three, well, he just left one day and never came back. Husband four had the worst morning breath ever. And dude number five, well, he likes to take me to Chick-fil-A on Sundays. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. They're not open on Sundays. I'm testing your listening skills. There's no explanation, there's no reasoning, there's no apology. But she simply says, I've heard that there's one coming who will tell us all things. Now at this point, her light bulb should be going off, right? Because <laughs> Jesus just told her everything. The very thing that she was hiding from, Jesus calls her out on it. And Jesus says this, Jesus said to her, I who speak to you, Am he. Translation. What up, homegirl? That's me. <laughs> My name is Jesus. <laughs> Just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. The same lady who was hiding at the well in the middle of the day because she was ashamed of her life, she was ashamed of her choices, she was ashamed of her mistakes, she was ashamed of her failures, goes to the well to draw water. And she gets so wrecked by Jesus, she leaves her jar, she runs back to town and says, 
come see this man who's told me everything about who I am. She has gone from hiding and shame to all-out bold witness for Jesus, right? Because, like, if you're hiding, you're hiding, right? There's someone who used to come to my house, and she's a little, hmm, Jesus loves her. I'll just leave it at that. And somehow she found out where I left. And so she would knock on my door, and I'd be in my house, and this is what I would hear. No. No. <laughs> and so I stopped breathing, right? As though she can hear me breathing. So I'm sitting on a recliner, stiff as a word on my... stand in a hallway and I stand stiff, stiff as a board against the wall she climbs into my front flower bed what? right outside my bedroom window starts knocking on the window was under attack, y'all. She's one of my friends. I just couldn't deal with it that day. So then, I'm like, just be still long enough. Turn off the lights. Don't move. Don't breathe. Don't fart. <laughs> She'll eventually go away. So it gets quiet, right? So I go in my room, and I start putting the towels away, and then I go into the kitchen to do my dishes. No joke. This is what I hear. On my back porch door. Dad! <laughs> I was being held hostage in my own home. I never opened the door, and so when I moved, I, I didn't tell her where I moved to. Anyway, she knows where I live now. She followed me home one day, but that's another story. The point is, when you are hiding, you are hiding because you don't want to be found. Right? You don't want to be found. So if you're crowded, if you're making stupid choices, if you're doing the wrong thing, the last person you want to see is Mike from House of Faith or Marcy from House of Faith, right? The last thing you want to see when you're rolling up on your party on social media is for a House of Faith staff member to message you. Hey, Jesus loves you, so do we. How you doing? You're like, oh, I'm great in Jesus' name, when really you're not. When you're hiding... You don't want to be found. The lady goes from hiding in shame at the well to running all the way back to town to tell the people she was hiding from. That is what Jesus will do to you. There is no such thing as hiding with Jesus. So she goes back to the town. And, and she comes back and she brings the townspeople with her. And, and here's where we finish. This is verse 39. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you have said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves And we know that this is indeed 
the savior of the world. That same lady who was hiding, man, she ran back to town. And she said, you guys have got to see this man who told me everything there is to be about me. And so everyone from the town was like, what? Homegirl with the five husbands is here. She doesn't have a water jar. And she's been at the in the middle of the day. What's going on, right? Like, small time news. Like, St. Ed's little life would be all over that. And so all the town runs out to the well. And they encounter Jesus for themselves. And it says that many believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. What's the point for you and I? Here's the point. Every single one of us is thirsty. And I'm not just talking physical thirst. Oh, the physical thirst is important. You know when it's like 130 degrees here on a summer day because it's stupid hot in Texas in the summer? Right? And, and you're like so thirsty because you haven't been drinking water and then you like grab a giant Mountain Dew or like a Slurpee. Man, one day this summer I had like nine Slurpees and one day it was awesome and terrible all at once. But when you don't drink that water, what happens? You're more thirsty. You get sick. Your stomach hurts. Your head hurts. Your body begins to shut down because your body actually needs water to survive. You can go almost a month without food. You can only make it one week without water. You can go a month without food. Yes. Now here's the point. You and I are thirsty. I won't say thirsty. And I'm not talking physical thirst. I'm talking, shh, I'm going to be done after this. I'm talking a spiritual thirst. Deep down inside of every single one of us is the desire to be known, to be seen, and to be loved as we are. And every single human on the planet has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You and I screw up and jack things up all the time. But in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our mistakes, in the middle of our failures, there's a really big God by the name of Jesus who says, Tara, I love you, and I have more for you. Tara, I love you, and I have more for you. And sometimes I dodge that because I want to be selfish, and I want to be prideful, and I want to be sinful. And I'd rather drink alcohol than spend time reading my Bible. I'd rather go get high than spend time praying to God about my jacked-up family. But the reality is this. We are all thirsty, and only Jesus Christ can satisfy. Only Jesus Christ can satisfy. I want to show you guys a picture tonight. It's a place called Niagara Falls. And I've actually been there. It's in, depending on what side you're on, it's um, in New York and Canada. And here's the fascinating thing about Niagara Falls. This is how it was formed. They formed the southern end of the, the, the Niagara Gorge. It was formed when glaciers receded at the end of the Wisconsin glaciation, the last ice age. Receded means like pushes back. Like old men with hair. Like their hair's right here, right? Five years later, their hair's right here. Ten years, their hair's right here. I wish I had an example in the room to show you, but I just don't. Come here, Kevin. Everyone say, come on, Kevin. I wasn't going to front my boss out like that, but I think he's being like, ooh, pick me, pick me. Use my boldness for Jesus, bro. (laughs) So Kevin, Kevin is like five days past the age of 23, and he used to have, just bend your head down towards the crowd. Thank you, sir. Um, This feels awkwardly weird. But you see the hair and the shape, and before Kevin used to have hair, up here, like hair that he could actually shampoo. This is, this, I don't know why I'm rubbing your head. I'm sorry. It's a little awkward. 
worked for me too. Okay. <laughs> anything for Jesus, whatever it takes. <laughs> when I told Jesus I would do anything with my life for him, I did not. <laughs> okay, you're done. <laughs> but you can see Kevin's. He got me good. My heart rate is like exploding right now. You can see Kevin's hairline receded and pushed back. Okay, thank you, Mr. Niagara. Alright, everyone look at the picture and say Niagara Falls. Listen, it was formed when glaciers receded and water from the newly formed Great Lakes eroded. Don't miss this. I'm done after this. Like, this is it. This is my last page. Don't miss this. I'll wait for you, House of Faith. You done? Water from the newly formed Great Lakes eroded or carved a path through the Niagara Escarpment en route to the Atlantic Ocean. And so I looked up the word erosion, which is the process of being eroded. So I looked up eroded, and the definition is fascinating. It means this, to diminish or destroy by degrees, to wear away by the action of water, wind, or glacial ice. To cause to deteriorate or disappear as if by eating or wearing away. To produce or form by eroding. So that incredible picture of Niagara Falls, it's beautiful. Thousands of people go there every year. It's a tourist destination. You can get the Niagara Falls magnet, the Niagara Falls key, key lanyard, the Niagara Falls t-shirt, the Niagara Falls shorts. And people go there because it's stunning. And it's beautiful. And it's breathtaking. And it's powerful. It's amazing. It's one of the most beautiful places on the earth I've ever been. That was formed by erosion. Because water is so strong, it literally, water is so powerful, it literally carves paths into the rocks, into the mountains, and it forms these canyons. It's incredible. Here's the point. Carmela, do you have a video? No? Okay. Here's the point. As powerful as water is, Jesus is far more powerful. Think about it. Recently, we've had torrential flooding, rains. You guys probably saw the video on Facebook where a bridge washed away. In areas close to St. Angelo, where, where the water, the, the force is so strong and so powerful that a concrete, well-constructed bridge, I'm not talking a bridge made of Legos or Lincoln Logs, I'm talking a bridge made of cement and concrete where designers and architects carefully use science and mathematics and engineering to create this bridge. The water, the force is so strong. It's so powerful. It just and it washes it away. Water is incredibly powerful. And as strong as water is, Jesus is far greater. Jesus is far greater. Jesus is more powerful than water. And what's left after Jesus washes away the evil and sin from our lives is this pure beauty. See, when Jesus offers you the living water, he's offering you himself. He's saying, I am all that you need. I am all that you desire. 
I will always satisfy you. I will give you a high that we can never give you. I will bring you joy like alcohol can never give you. I will be a family for you like gangs can never be for you. I am everything you've ever needed. I am everything you've ever wanted. And there are no racial lines with Jesus. There is no discrimination or racism with Jesus. He doesn't see color. He sees you and he sees your heart and he loves you. And every single day of your life, he is literally going out of his way to show you and to prove to you that he is enough. He is the living water and he always satisfies. But you and I have a choice. We will either choose the things that never satisfy like sin or we will choose Jesus. But when you and I choose Jesus, we choose living water. And when we choose living water, it begins to erode away the ugly parts of terror. The more I surrender to Jesus, when I choose to follow Jesus, when I choose to let Jesus have control over my day versus terror, he begins to chip away at the old terror. And terror becomes more beautiful. Because of Jesus. Living water. Where you will never have to drink again. You will never thirst again. I've been a Christian a long time. Like 29 years. And you know what? I love Jesus. And I love following Jesus. And I love getting to know him. And I love serving Jesus. But there have been times in my life where I got tired of Jesus. And so I went back to my old way of life. I went back to getting high. And I went back to drinking. And I went back to the impure relationships with guys. And you know what happened? It didn't satisfy. Like it once did. It didn't work. Because I had drank the living water of Jesus Christ. There's no need to hide from Jesus. He loves us just as his. There's no need to hide from Jesus. He loves you just as you are right now. Right where you sit. With all the stupid things you did over the weekend, Jesus loves you. And not for one minute did he stop loving you. But he loves you enough to not leave you in that place. Jesus will do whatever it takes to reach you. The question is, will you drink the living water? Will you accept what Jesus is trying to give you? All it is is love. Love, pure love. Salvation. Everyone close your eyes, bow your head. If you are thirsty... Thirsty to know that there is a God who is real and who sees you right where you are and who knows you and who loves you. And you're desperate to know that. Just raise your hand right where you are. He sees you and he knows you and he loves you. You are not alone. You are loved just as you always pray. God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these hands that were raised. 
And God, you are real. You are the one true God. You are the God who goes out of his way to encounter us in the midst of our mess and our failure and our mistakes. In the middle of our pride and our sin, you show up. And you're not put off by that, but you love us. And and we don't have to get our acts together. We don't have to clean ourselves up for you to love us. You just love us as we are. Jesus, you love us so much, you refuse to leave us in that place. You offer us the living water of your son. God, I'm asking tonight that as these students go home, that they would encounter you, Jesus, that they would encounter the presence of the living God in their bedrooms, God, that they would go home and they would open their Bibles and the words would come to life, God, that they would feel your spirit and your presence in tangible ways, God, that you would take away the desire for the things of the flesh and and, and the thing of sin, God, that you would take away, in Jesus' name, the desire for alcohol, God, that you would take away the desire for drugs, God, that you would take away the desire for pornography, God, and sex, God, and all the things, God, that are false. God, take it away in Jesus' name. God, I'm asking that you would encounter these students tonight, God, when they go home, that you would prove yourself, God, that you would prove yourself faithful, that you would show up in tangible ways. God, that you would rescue, that you would restore God, thank you for giving us living water of yourself that quenches every thirst. Thank you that you see us and you know us and you love us. Make us bold to go and tell the story to others. In Jesus' name.